0: Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at VoxOC.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at VoxOC.com slash live and at the Eldorado Performing Arts Center.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Malagayan Pasco. <laughs> I don't that's all I know. Anybody else got any other ones? What, what language is that? Welsh. Uh, all right. Anybody else Welsh. got another one? Bon Noel, what is that? French. Perfect. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. It's right. yeah, Maybe it's French. a regional dialect.
0: Maybe French.
1: (laughs) Well, good morning. Uh, We're glad that you're here with us. Merry Christmas. I hope that your season's been great. Uh, Spending time with family, we're excited to be together. It's going to be a special service. Obviously, we've invited uh, families to come in and bring their kids because we really want this to be a service for everybody. So uh, if you're new with us, Vox is uh, a space that we want to create uh, where we can talk about anything and everything, Uh, that everybody is welcome, that this place is a place that is about journey uh, and less about giving answers and just saying, hey, we're all in this together, we're all trying to figure this out and what does this look like, and so we want to create space for that. So uh, you're welcome to be here. You're welcome to ask questions about the service, about the message, about anything in there. You can text any of your questions you want during the service or after the service or However, um, and we try to do our best to get back to those with a response as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, so uh, with that, I'm going to have Andy talk a little bit about some stuff. Uh, we continue.
0: Yeah, well, we have. Um, uh, so uh, for some of you, you guys attended um, a bit of a next year kind of vision uh, meeting that we did a few weeks ago. Um, we've been you know planning tons of stuff for the past three months, getting really excited about all of that. Um, so naturally, we have actually put dates to things happening in January. Things are on the move. Ronnie and I things met this happening. week about uh, what we're doing. With Vox PM over the next six months. So that's super exciting. But um, uh, our, if you can go ahead and throw up that slide for January, there we go. So, um, yeah, we're getting right into it uh, as soon as we get into January. Uh, Ronnie, if you want to yeah. maybe say something about the first one here. So, on the 13th here
1: uh, after service, we're going to be doing a spiritual practices workshop. What does this mean? What does this look like? What is all that? Um, well, you know, spiritual practices are part of. Uh, our, our, uh, what we we do. It's been a part of Christianity for uh, a millennia, and so some of it's been lost, some of it's been misappropriated and abused and misused, and so we want to reclaim that in a way that is healthy for us to help us grow spiritually. And so it's just a time for us to get together and hear each other's experiences with different spiritual practices, whether it's meditation or prayer or fasting, learn from each other. I'll be sharing a little bit, kind of teaching some of that stuff, and then uh, a chance for us to kind of practice it and say, what do we think and what are we experiencing? What are we experiencing from this? What are we gaining from it? What are we not gaining from it? Um, and then we'll just continue to do those throughout the year. Um, so if you have feedback about what, what spiritual practices you want to do, please submit those. Um, uh, can we do that on Box? Sure. Yeah, VoxOC.com. Yeah, there you Com. go. Send it. I just created work for you, didn't I?
0: Okay, there you go. So that'll <laughs> be on the I'm creating myself, right? Yeah, there you as, go. As I'm saying it right now. Uh, great. Um, and then uh, the following week, we will have our first church and culture workshop. Um, and that's going to be about uh, women in leadership. And so we're actually going to have our female community pastor pastors uh, facilitate um, that. And so the church and culture workshops um, are actually a part of um, a big uh, value that we have here at, the, at Vox called, not called, but that uh, the church must be the safest place to talk about anything. So while we have you know, what we do in the room here, which is a bit more liturgical, a bit with a format and a way that we you know, press in and experience God, um, outside of this, well, how do we carry on these dialogues? How does um, us as a team, us as a church, step into spaces and where we can actually talk about anything and have dialogues that are guided towards the things. That we deeply care about and that are kind of going on in culture itself. So, um, that's the first one that we're doing. Um, it will be either here or directly off site on January 20th, uh, right after service. Um, and then, lastly, so uh, we're really excited about this. So, um, next year, We've actually uh, made a pretty big decision where the last Sunday of every month, um, we will not be meeting in here. Um, in fact, we'll be meeting over at uh, Floodwork, flood Floodwork, fieldwork. I always say Floodwork. Fieldwork, uh, fieldwork over in downtown Fullerton um, to actually do uh, our Sunday gathering there at the evening time. However, though, we're gonna actually just be doing it through dinner. And so we'll be having dinner and eating together and just spending time together. It's all family, so like you see right now with all of our kids, they'll all be there eating together um, and- It'll be like beautiful chaos. Yeah, it's gonna be wonderful, wonderful, it's beautiful chaos chaos. And then um, after our dinner time, we'll transition into um, kind of a feature you know, type of evening where uh, Ronnie and I will be interviewing some guests and some features that we'll bring in. We're going to be hosting artists. We're going to be bringing in musicians and actually just creating a, about a three-hour space for um, anyone to come. And we'll be actually promoting that more as an event um, to the public uh, to kind of invite people in to experience that. Um, so that's our first one's taking place January 27th um, at 5 p.m. on yep, and Sunday and bring people. Yep. Invite yeah, friends. And friends. Yeah, and bring friends and all that. So um, so we're going to go ahead and get into it uh, this morning. Um, so it's Christmas. W- it's Christmas, right? Can we get a round of applause for yes. Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Yay. So as you guys know, um, we will not be having a Christmas Eve service. This is it. So I uh, hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, we're going to have a few songs. Uh, we're going to be doing some songs actually kind of for the kids and for the family. Um, our friend uh, Keith Politic, who's actually on staff with us as one of the teachers helping with the new curriculum we've been doing uh, with our kids' ministry, um, he's actually going to come out and do a bit of a story um, for all you kids. Um, Carrie's going to come out and teach, and then um, per our usual, we will be doing communion, and then we'll be doing some more Christmas uh, songs and okay. um, have ourselves um, a great little morning. So, sound good? Yep. Sound good? All right. So, let's just, uh, we're going to go ahead and actually all stand and kind of just get our get our wiggles and our energy out <laughs> and give the kids the room to move. And um, you guys, we're so blessed that you guys are here. And uh, yeah, let's have a good time this morning. All right? All right. All right.
2: have a seat how you doing oh I got my kittles out there where's all my kittles are you out there (laughs) give me a wave are you happy it's Christmas time hey can I share a little folk tale with you so we can be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas I know we all have our ideas but this is a great Great little tale called the tale of three trees yeah oh yeah Once upon a time on a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the whole world. The second little tree looked at the small stream trickling on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below, where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all, she said. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed. The rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It is perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to his carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter wasn't thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his working-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard, but no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. The small and too weak to sail boat would never see ocean or even a river. He was taken to a little lake and every day, he brought in loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted was to stay on the mountaintop and point towards God. Many, many days and nights passed. The tree, three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the small, smooth, sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly, the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world one evening a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat the traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed into the lake soon a thundering thrash storm arose the little tree shuddered. he knew he did not have the strength to carry many passengers safely through the wind and rain the tired man awakened he stood up stretched out his hand and said peace the storm stopped as quickly as it had begun and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth on friday morning the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. she flinched as she was carried through an angry jeering crowd she shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. Oh, but on a Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was far better than being the strongest tree in the world. Amen.
3: Well, Merry Christmas, Vox! Yes. Oh, thank you. But I feel like we can do better than that. Merry Christmas, Vox!) Yes. It is a Merry Christmas, and I'm glad we have all the little people in here. That's always fun for a speaker. <laughs> um, no, I am really glad. In fact, last uh, week when Will was talking, I went up to Will afterwards, and so Will's one of our speaking teachers here. Well, would you stand? No, I'm just kidding. Well, um, and was like, I feel like we need to have the kids in. And then I went to the meeting, and they're like, We're going to have the kids in. I'm like, That's what I was saying. So um, I I love that because I think it's important for us to to sit together and just kind of you know learn from God's word together. And this will be an opportunity for you to be able to go home and have conversation with your littles and say, you know, what did you hear from the message today, and what were you, you know, what did you take away? Because they're smarter. Than than you think, and they're listening to every word. Um, So what a great opportunity for them to share with you what God was sharing with them today. Uh, My name is Carrie Garcia. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. If you're new here to Vox, uh, we just want to welcome you and let you know. I know coming into church, um, you know, um, can be a little nerve-wracking. I know some of us have come to church and there's an expectation of what maybe we've heard or something that we've experienced that hasn't sat that well with us. And so we might be coming here today because our mommies and daddies said, you need to come today because you love me and it would be my gift. And you're like, fine. Um, And I just want you to know that the heart of Vox and really the heart of Jesus Christ is that you belong here even if you don't believe what I believe. And um, we're just really glad you're here. And we're really glad that you're here to experience um, what we believe is the greatest story of all time. And so, we just wanted to welcome you here this morning and um, wish you a Merry Christmas. Now, I have very few minutes, um, and for those of you who know me, that's adorable that they gave me 15, 20 minutes. Um, so, I'm going to just really try to do my best to share what's been on my heart. Um, so, for me, Christmas is, um, I mean, I love Christmas. I grew up loving Christmas, you know, of course, like the presents and all the things with Christmas and all the food and whatever, but as I became an adult and had littles of my own, I have learned something very um, profound about me is that my personality type is very like stressed out at Christmas, because I am terrible at getting gifts. It's not that I don't want to give gifts. It's that because of my personality type, I have to find the exact, right, perfect gift. And it stresses me out, because I think, what if they don't want this? Well, then they can take it back. Well, then why don't they just go get it themselves? Why don't I just go give them money, because money's impersonal? Why can't I just give words of affirmation? That's my gift. Nobody wants that. they want things. And so it has been it's such a challenge for me because I I have people in my life who are like the best gift givers. You know those people that they wrap everything perfectly. My wrapping is usually in like a target bag and like stapled and I'm like, "Here." Merry Christmas. Um, I, I just, am, I'm the worst at it. I, I I stress out. I was at the mall yesterday, like all day. Just, thank you. And was stressed out. And then I came home and realized I had forgotten a major thing that I needed to get. And I had to go back to the mall. <laughs> And I wanted to cry, and I wanted to tell that person that I had to go back for, that I love you, but I don't love you that much. (laughs) But it was my husband, so I had to go. And so there I was, back there again. But the Lord, the heavens opened, and I walked into one particular place that I didn't even know existed. It was like God planted it for me. I was like, I didn't even know this store was here. And I got all of the things I needed in one store, I like. I was like, yes, yes, all the things. And I got such a good deal. And then I got a high off of that. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but for me, Christmas is very challenging. I love the simplicity of children because things are so simple. I, my daughter, Roma, when we go to the dollar store, because that's where they get their stocking gifts from, because let's be real. <laughs> um, we go through there. What does my daughter want at the end of the checkout line? She sees the glory of heaven up above her. And it is all The balloons. She loves the balloons and she's like, Can I have a balloon? And I'm like, You can have a balloon because they're a dollar. (laughs) Also, side note at the dollar store, this has nothing to do with my message and I know I have 15 minutes, but I just want to gripe for one second. The lady at the dollar store, one of the things didn't have a price tag on it and she literally called for a price check. (laughs) And I was like, Pretty sure it's a dollar. I don't even know why you have all those buttons. It should just be one giant button that says one. Just keep hitting the one. But she was like, Pri- I don't, I need a price check on this. And I was like, even my daughter, who's eight, is like, I think it's a dollar. And I'm like, genius. Anyway, we give her this balloon. And you know, if you're a parent and you get your child a balloon, you're like, yay, for about 30 seconds because then the stress starts to set in because they're stressed out because you have to tie it around their, their wrist and it's cumbersome and it's always like catching on something and you're worried. it starts to get loose and then maybe it lets go in your house and you've got to get on the ladder to get it. She's pushing it in the car with her. She It is so irritating and then one of the brothers pop it and all the tears it's like the balloon that was so wonderful and such a glorious situation for 30 seconds has become an absolute nightmare that makes me rethink, no, you can't have that dollar balloon. It's too much for me. I can't handle it. And, I, you know, I'm thinking about the simplicity of that. And I'm thinking, you know, as my, my daughter rocks around with her shiny balloon and she's so happy about this balloon, but also anxious at the same time. Also so worried that somehow someone's going to pop it or someone's going to take it or it's going to lose its luster, it's going to lose its air, that it's going to fly away. And she's constantly worried about it. That balloon will live in our house for days. And those that are parents understand, until that thing is wilted into the ground, she's like, it has life. Where's my balloon? I'm like, I don't know where the balloon is. I'll just buy you another one. It's a dollar. And I was thinking about Christmas and I was thinking about this idea of kind of the Christmas story. And for us, you know, the Christmas story for many of us, whether you believe in Jesus or not, is kind of this like Jesus, baby Jesus in a manger, something about him not being able to go into other places. So he had to be in this, this manger with some, some animals. And then I don't know, like he was like somehow the king of, you know, God, God, king of the world. And we're kind of, we're not like, okay, cool. We kind of grew up with that. And I'm thinking about the story and I'm like, I don't know if that's the story of Christmas, like really what it's supposed to be. I think this is the outcome of really what Christmas is. That the outcome was this birth and, and, and this, and this baby in a manger, but something started way before that even happened that wants to teach us about really what Christmas is. I want you to, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke, and chapter one, if you don't, it'll be on your screen because we're super techy at this church, high tech. For Luke chapter one, that's funny, come on. <laughs> Luke chapter one, verse 26 says this. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Now you need to understand where Nazareth is. Nazareth is like a nowhere city. It's a nowhere town. It's, in, it's insignificant. It's not like it's Rome where it was the center of all things. It was this little nowhere nothing would have been forgotten about had Jesus not come. If you heard the message last week from Will, you can hear a little bit more about that. But it was this nowhere place But yet Jesus is in the business of going to nowhere places and making something out of nothing. So in verse 27, to a virgin engaged to a man, there was, so this angel goes to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name his name Jesus. In Matthew, it references you will name him Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 31, or verse, I'm sorry, 30, uh, yeah, let's just go with 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and his name shall be Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him this throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. For behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, she says, May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. For the past month, I've been thinking about this idea, Emmanuel, God with us. What does that mean? And I keep thinking about my daughter and her balloon and how she carries that balloon everywhere with her. The balloon is near, but there's so much anxiety about the loss of this balloon that somehow, some way, something's gonna happen that's gonna take this balloon away or it's gonna pop it or at some point it's gonna lose its luster and, and she's so anxious about it and I kept thinking about this idea about God near and God with you see I think for many of us we look at God like he's near us but if we do something wrong he's going to leave us if we if if we don't have our eyes on him somehow he won't be as close as we want him to be then we might do something and so we try everything we can even getting in the car to stuff him into our lives and fit him into our story and yet the whole Christmas story has nothing to do with God being near it has God being with us You see, the moment that the angel came to Mary, by the way, Mary, just like me and you, in the scheme of the world, we have a few friends, but for most of us, we aren't in any kind of celebrity. We aren't known in any kind of way. We're known by the very close circles of the people that love us. But in the scheme of the world, most of us, inconsequential. This is Mary from a town that nobody cares about to a woman that nobody even knows, but God says, I want you, Gabriel, to go tell her. Tell her that I've seen her heart for me. Tell her that she is favored. Tell her that I am going to be with her. Emmanuel means God with us. It actually means the indwelling of God. For all of the years up until this point, God has been near. And there were moments where the Holy Spirit would go on prophets but he would not stay there except for David, but he would not stay there. He was near, he was guiding them, he was with people but people were constantly trying to make sure they were staying in the confines of what God wanted but now something is about to change. God is no longer going to just be near. He is actually, for the first time in human history, going to break from the heavens through time and space, and he is going to indwell a human body, Emmanuel, God with us. You see, no longer is Mary going to pray to a God that is near. She is going to worship a God that indwells her. I remember being pregnant with my first son. Oh, you know, I had plans. In fact, we lived in Europe. We were traveling all over, and we were backpacking, and and it was just so exciting and fun. I was like, oh, "Sure, I can do that. No problem. I'm seven months pregnant. I can backpack through Europe. What's the big deal? It's a big deal." <laughs> My entire body was completely subject and surrendered to the growth that was happening inside me. All the plans that I had, all the ideas that I had were completely stopped with the indwelling of this little baby. Everything I thought, everything I felt was completely changed in an instant. What was so much about me, what was so much about my plans and my life, my white picket fence and the the life that we were gonna live, everything changed by the indwelling of this little baby. You see, for Mary, Mary's not married. She's betrothed to Joseph, but we've, we know the story, but do you really understand what happens when he says, you are favored, I see you, God of heaven is going to indwell you and be with you? The sacrifice that is about to happen for Mary. Mary is going to have to withstand ridicule, She's going to have to be ostracized by some of the very people that love her. I mean, people are not going to understand this, right? Yeah, sure. The Holy Spirit put a baby in your belly. Try that on your parents, you know? And here she is. I love her final line where she says to the angel, behold, your bondservant. The bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. There's something about this idea of indwelling. You see, I think that we like the idea of God being near. And we even really like the idea of God being with us. But we don't like the idea of the sacrifice that comes when God does indwell us because we have to give up things that we might not wanna give up. We have to give up a story that we might not want to give up. I had to give up the backpacking trip that I thought was gonna be so fun and I had to get on a plane and fly home because my body was done. The plans that I had, the plans that I thought were gonna be so great and so good for me, God was saying, oh, I have so much more for you, Carrie. I remember times in my life, I think looking back, and I was thinking about this word, Emmanuel, God being with us, and I looked past the story of my life. I mean, I came to Jesus at four years old on my parents' bed. You know, yeah, I don't wanna go to hell. I wanna go to heaven, I'm in. But I carried God around like he was a balloon. I carried him around everywhere I wanted to go. Yeah, I knew he was near but sometimes he was cumbersome to fit in the car with me and sometimes he was cumbersome like you're kind of embarrassing me at a party right now. And there he was just bobbing around. I had my plan and my path and my way and I just kind of drug him wherever we were going. But in all reality, I was so fearful that anything I did was going to make him leave or pop this wonderful God that was for me and I had no concept of what God wanted for me. You see, I only thought of him in terms as, like, yeah, God's near, but I can keep him far and lose him in my home, or, 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 or maybe he would get untethered by me because I wasn't being responsible enough to hold him close. Me, 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 all on my responsibility. How can I keep him closer? How can I fit him into my story? How can I adjust my life so that he will fit into it? It was never that. It was how can I adjust you to fit into what I have going on? And it wasn't until a very tough day at 27 years old when I had made so many mistakes and I thought, honestly, the balloon had popped I thought he was far gone and any hope of tethering, in fact, looking down at my own concept of who I thought God was, it was just a string. No more Jesus, no more near, just a string. And it wasn't until that moment and the breaking of my heart and the sitting at that stop sign where Jesus started to speak to my heart and he said, I don't wanna be just near to you. I wanna indwell you. I want to live in your life and create within you a new life, a new path, a new purpose. But here is the catch you've got to bow your knee to me. And in a society, especially in America, we don't understand the ideas of kingship. We don't understand these ideas because, you know, we're Americans and we bow to nothing, you know, go, America. And yet, God is saying there are kings that will rule. There are kings that will rise. They will come and they will go. But there is one true king. And when you surrender to the one true king, he indwells your life. He's not just near, but he indwells you. And you go, man, I don't want to. I, I, what does it mean for him to indwell? I, I don't know if I want to live the life of Mary. I don't know if I want to live like you, Carrie. I, I, I kind of like just him being near and me calling upon him. But when the lights are out and no one's around you and I both know that we're not doing so good on our own that the plans that we have made and the idea of Christmas is this far off idea that a long time ago Jesus was born in some city that I can't barely spell and that he rose up and died and I get that he did it for me but it seems really disconnected like a balloon just kind of floating up in the air But God has come to give you a new narrative. He said, I want to indwell your life. Emmanuel, God with you. God with you. Present in your life. So that means when the season of new is hard, when Christmas feels overwhelming because we've experienced loss or, or maybe we don't have the finances others have to keep up with all that Christmas is supposed to mean. When we struggle like this, God says, oh, I'm not near, I'm with you. You see, I give you power of the heavens. I comfort you in your need. I am with you. Yet Mary decided, I will walk in what you want for me, Lord. I am your bondservant, a bondservant that is committed to you, bondservant that says, I can never break ties with you. There she was, about 33 years later, sitting at the feet of her son as she watched as he died, knowing that all she had to do was get up and say, he's not the son of God. He's just my son from me. He's from me and Joseph. It's been a ruse. But her own, his own mother couldn't even stand up to say those words which compel me to believe. Not too many mothers, if any, would be okay with their sons being crucified for a lie. Because God changed her. Because God wasn't near to her, he indwelled her and gave her a peace to be able to withstand any story that came her way because she knew, not my will be done, but yours, God. As we look at Christmas and we see the manger, I want you to think this next few days, that Christmas didn't start the moment that Jesus was born. Christmas started the moment that he indwelled Mary. That the moment that God changed Mary's life was the moment that the Holy Spirit came upon her and indwelled her. It wasn't the moment of his birth. It was the moment of his conception. The moment that she said yes to Jesus. Yes to God's plan. Yes to whatever it means for me. Change my life. May your will be done, but not mine. And he king of all creation, indwelled her. This is the Christmas story, Emmanuel. A friend of mine wrote a little blog message that I wanted to share with you guys today. And it resonated with me because I have had a little bit of the case of the Bah humbugs. I'm not so good at the Christmas season. I get really caught up and anxious about the gifts like I shared with you. And what was supposed to be God being near, I start to feel at the Christmas season like I'm tethered to God. I'm just pulling them around to every mall and every shopping center and stuffing him into my car and being like, come on, it's your birthday. You should be happy. And I don't really feel like God is near. That he's not just near that he's not dwelling me i i feel like he's around can't get away from it i mean he's just kind of like jesus and santa so my friend wrote this i've had a bit of the case of the Ba humbugs thank you but there is this thing emmanuel god with us It's true whether we go to see Christmas lights, attend the parties, or do the advent devotionals. It's true whether we feel like Cindy Lou Who or the Grinch. It is true in December as it is in July. There were no Christmas trees, gingerbread houses, and nutcracker ballets in Bethlehem. But there was a band of ragtag shepherds a company of angels and a faithful young Jewish couple who grasped the reality that God had come to earth to save a people for himself, and they worshiped him that very first Christmas. You see, Jesus is looking for people to see him as Emmanuel, the God who came down to be with us this Christmas, not a Christmas bucket list completely checked off, I don't think he minds the checklist and he certainly isn't intimidated by it, but he is jealous for our worship. At this Christmas time, he wants you you to know that Jesus, the baby in the manger, is the God of the universe, stepping into time and space to be the bridge to his creation, a creation who had separated themselves from our creator by choosing disobedience over a relationship with him. I suspect maybe even at likes the tinsel and the lights of Christmas, but I'm certain he loves the hearts who believe the king lowered himself to be born of a woman, lived without sin, died a sinner's death, and was raised from the dead so we could celebrate worship this Christmas and every day coming. God be near. Saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear. Suddenly the Lord descending, in his temple shall appear. Come and worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King, Emmanuel, God with us. Friends, if you've never heard the Christmas story and you think that you're supposed to believe in a baby in a manger and stars and magi and sheep, that is such a small part of this story. It's actually the outcome of the real, true meaning of Christmas, that God wants to be birthed inside of you. He wants to live inside of you. He doesn't want to be near. He doesn't want you to be anxious that sometimes he will leave or you will do something. Or he also doesn't want to fit into all of your plans and your ideas stuffed into the car just bobbing along, hoping one day you'll notice him. No, God wants an intimate relationship with you. That the Christmas story of the magi and the ragtag shepherds and the birth of Jesus is only the outcome of the true meaning of what it means to be in Christmas. You see, Christmas is true today as it will be in July, as it will be in five years from now, 100 years from now. The meaning is Emmanuel, God with you. And as I close, I just want to speak to the little ones in this room. Your parents love you very, very much. The greatest gift that they could ever tell you in this world is not the gifts of what you can get and what you can give. It's not the gifts of your talents or making a mark on the world or being successful. What your parents believe the most is that they want you to know that far, far after they are gone, that they want you to know that there is a God in creation who loves you and is calling to you. And even right now, he might be letting you know, you don't have to be worried that he's going to leave you that he will love you for the rest of your life. Do you know that the Bible says that no matter how high, no matter how low, no matter how far, no matter how many mistakes you will ever make, that he says, I will never leave you and my love will be with you forever. This is a gift to you, little ones. I wish that I had somebody that would have told me on a stage that would have looked me in the eyes just like I'm looking in all of your eyes right now. And I would tell you, they would have told me that Christmas is about Jesus living inside of you. And when Jesus lives inside of you, you can do anything. You can conquer anything. And when you are sad, he is with you. And when you are mighty, he's empowering you. And when you feel lost, he will help you find your way. And as much as that is for the little ones in the room, I think it's for you adults too. Because I think we forget the heart and wonder of being little and the magic and beauty of Christmas. I think we get forgot, maybe just a little, and that we need to be reminded, like the little ones in this room, that God is not tethered to your arm. He indwells your heart, and he loves you. For those of you here in this room today that may have never asked Jesus to come and be a part of their lives, I'm gonna give you the chance to do that now. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes, and if anything's stirring in your heart, and you just kind of feel that tug on your heart, and you know, I've always known that God might be near, but yeah, I feel anxious. I feel like I might mess up. I feel like I might lose my way. I I, I feel like I, I've gotta buy more things or do more things for him to be happy that I pray right now in this moment that all of that narrative would go away and you would hear the narrative of that very special moment where Mary was sitting in her room and an angel came and that very, very spirit is speaking to your heart right now that looks down upon you right now in this moment and says, You have been favored. The moment you walked into this place, I wanted you to know I planned this whole service for you because I wanted you to know that I want to be with you. And all you have to say is, I will surrender my life to you because I know that no matter where I go, you will be with me and guide me. And that prayer looks like this. God, would you indwell my heart? I have been lost and my sins feel so big. And I know that when you come in, you will begin a new work in me. God, we thank you for this Christmas season, the Christmas season that started with the indwelling of your presence. And the outcome was the birth of new life and new hope. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take communion. You'll see these little areas over here. We even have gluten-free in the back corner. Communion is a time for us to be present with the Lord, for us to come to a table to remember not only his birth and his death, but Emmanuel, God who is with us, that carries the story through time. Remember, remembrance isn't what happened in the past. It is to remember what is still happening today, Anybody can come to this table as you feel a stirring in your heart and you want to be present with Jesus and you want to remember what he has done for you, we would ask that you would come. If you have little ones with you and you want them to partake with you, you can take them up with you and pray with them as a family and let them know what they are about to do. Let them know what Christ has done for them as God unifies your family. God remember helps us to remember what he's done. Stand with. Would you just stand with me? And I'm just going to say one more prayer as we go before the table. God, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you, God, for Christmas. I thank you for the weather. That reminds us, I wonder what it was like that day that you were born. I wonder what the weather was like the day you showed up to Mary. All I know, God, is that in that moment, everything changed everything changed for us for the rest of eternity and we just thank you god for your presence lord would you be honored with our worship here today would you stand in the heavens as we put our christmas list to the side and the parties that we need to go to would you get front and center would you get the glory today as we sing out as we come before your table And we partake of these elements to remember what you have done for us, your death, your burial, and your resurrection, your birth and your indwelling. Would you get the glory today, now and forever. Amen.
4: Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you guys. For doing that thank you guys kids thank you for hanging in there you guys did great really excited to um, just to be part of this you guys sounded beautiful back there uh, I'm just here to say thank you to wish you a Merry Christmas to give you a benediction um, before you go if uh, if you find yourself in need of prayer or wanting to speak to somebody we have uh, community pastors over here in the corner Joanna and Jonathan are are there ready to to pray for you I know um, Sometimes the holiday season brings um, not the easiest of emotions, but we want you to know that we're praying for you. Uh, We want you to know that we love you and and Vox is here for you. So uh, you can always email us at prayer at voxoc.com if you have a request. Um, But really excited also to be able to offer a few things this coming new year. So please visit our website. Please go on and see all the things that are happening. It's really exciting. And for those of you who uh, came to our end of the year meeting, Thank you for being there our we were beyond blessed to see how many of you came to listen and who really are excited about where Vox is going. So you can get all that information online as well. Um, if you choose to participate today, financially we have boxes as you exit. Um, and also um, if you are looking to do some end of your giving um, and you don't know where to do that, we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> we would love to uh, just be uh, able to continue to offer this uh, environment for people to come and process. So if you're interested in end of your giving uh, you can give you can give to Vox um, you can give it online or you can send it to um, RPO box which the address is online uh, postmarked by the 31st and online you can give until 1159 p.m. on uh, July, uh, July. <laughs> on uh, December 31st. So we want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for your commitment to Vox. We wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we ask that you uh, would just enjoy this season as um, people who are loved. Uh, on your way out, there's baskets. You can drop your, um, your little candles on the way out, and thank you, and have a very Merry Christmas. We'll be here next week. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thanks,
0: Braxton. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Vox Community. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.